Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we have a very special guest. We have Jeremy from The Quartering and Midwestly here to co-host for the first time. One of the hour-long shows yeah. has a co-host, not Liam. So how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I let people know on I think our Tuesday video that you you may, at the time we were still working out details, be co-hosting and a lot of people mm -hmm. were very, very excited. So if you're not familiar with Jeremy yet, definitely go subscribe to him. He has a channel, The Quartering, where he talks about kind of uh, pop culture media and gaming uh the quartering does a lot of content watch a ton of his videos and he also has midwestly where he talks a bit more about politics and it just so happens that today we have stories that pertain to both of those things uh so <laughs> today we're going to be talking about abigail schreier the author she's been uh, i guess kicked out of tarjay for having spicy views then media represent media representation madness cbs announces they want 50 percent by poc a representation in their new shows. I'm going to ask Jeremy about his thoughts about the election. And then finally, Amber Heard is still in Aquaman 2, despite all the controversy she's had with Johnny Depp. And not only that, there are rumors that she might even have an expanded role, i.e. be more prominent this time around. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Have you, Are you familiar with Abigail Schreier? She was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am familiar. Yep. She's yeah. the one that has the... Um, you know, the, the one issue that is, uh, shall not be con, 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 uh, talked about the trans issues. Um, she's the irreversible damage author, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. She, she wrote this book where she talks about, uh, I guess, rapid onset gender dysphoria, this whole phenomenon of an increasing number of teen girls identifying as transgender and saying they feel gender dysphoria, maybe even going and getting like hormones and stuff. Even though if we look at the studies, it, it shows that about 80% I mean, the specific statistic varies, but it shows that around 80% of minors who say that they have gender dysphoria end up kind of growing out of it. And, you know, a lot of psychological issues like bipolar, they actually cannot be diagnosed to like minors just because your minds are so different uh, from adults at that age. So it just kind of talks about, you know, how how we should be handling the, the conversation around transgenderism with regard to minors. And I listened to her Rogan podcast. I didn't think she was bigoted at all. Did you, I mean, did you get that sense? No, but I mean, I think trans issues uh, are one of those extraordinarily hot button issues. Like you're not allowed to talk about it, first of all, if you're not trans. And you're also not allowed to talk about it if you are trans and you have a different opinion than the mainstream uh, trans community. I mean, just look at JK Rowling, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think she's particularly bigoted, but she's had some takes where she, as somebody who's pretty dang woke, uh, but she also understands that biology is a thing. And for that, she gets labeled a turf and all this crazy stuff. And um, it's, it's, it's a very, very delicate topic. Before we go any further, though, I do want to tell you all about a new book that I've really been enjoying called Not Free America. And guys, it has been really one of the most interesting books I've come across in a long time. It's written by Mike Donovan, someone who has fought tyranny for years as the founder of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights law firm. So as Donovan puts it in his new book, again, that's Not Free America, the Bill of Rights has been under attack long before COVID-19. And if you refuse to surrender your Liberty to any earthly power, you need this book. Not Free America solves the issue of citizens being used by the government. So it is not just a book, it's also a solution. Visit notfreeamerica.com to take the Liberty Pledge and order your copy today to find out how to stop the overreaching abuse of government and what actions you can take to do better. We must work together and do better to fix the ever compounding liberty crisis in America. If we can unite around the concept of liberty, we can create lasting great. And remember, the most significant changes usually come from crises, maybe like the one we are in right now. So do your part and visit NotFreeAmerica.com today. Again, that is NotFreeAmerica.com to order your book today. It's frustrating because I really, I don't think there should be uh, like an either or game where you either want to let trans people live their lives and have all the same same rights as everyone else and also acknowledge that biology is a thing and that maybe you shouldn't be giving hormones to you know to, to young children I, I don't think 
you're either one or the other. And I've talked about this on my show and I've had trans people themselves saying like they're not on board with this whole really all or nothing extremist point of view that a lot of the LGBT lobby is taking with regard to this. But uh, yeah, anyway, so Abigail Schreier, her her book talking about rapid onset gender dysphoria, apparently it was released in Target, which I think is pretty neat. It's that's that's a really mainstream, I guess, method of distribution. Well, they probably have like 20 books. You know, they, right. they don't exactly have, you know, it's not like Barnes and Noble. I mean, they have a one aisle of books. So being there is, yeah, is probably a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's, it, for sure. Because I know, at, I mean, I'm not a fancy person, so I'm more of a Walmart person than a Target person. I'll just come out and say it. But I know at Walmart, they only have like maybe one stand. So if your book is in there, your odds of being purchased by someone looking for a book at that store way way up um but mm-hmm. of course because like you said it's about trans issues and that's really sensitive people online as soon as they saw that her book was in in stores uh took to twitter to complain because that is what we do in 2020 here we have this uh post from this one user she said in 2016 target you released a statement affirming your support for transgender customers at ask target why you're selling a book notorious for its harmful rhetoric against us historically harmful products have been pulled from the shelf and this should be too She also said your code of ethics published at, she gave the link, explicitly states that you stand for inclusion and equality and you recognize trans people as belonging to that statement. I will follow up with an email to your ethics department, but a public response to this issue would go a long way toward demonstrating your sincerity. Oh my God, like I know the left has tried to like co-op the Karen meme to apply to like right-wingers, but this person's a Karen, I feel for sure. Well, it's, um, it's also just so, it has this just like, you know, this person is sits at home and like, just feels so morally superior to everyone. Like there's this, you know, target isn't, is literally an easy target. This is a company that reopened one of their stores that got looted and then virtue signaled that they were doing so with the black community in mind. I'm like, you know, so it's, it's so funny how these super huge mega corporations are really like, there's a few things that you can just totally push them around on. Yeah, and it's anytime I see something like this, like it's it's always just a few people, right? But if you're a few people who are complaining about the right things, they're, you're, you're pretty likely going to get them to capitulate. And incidentally, that's exactly what Target ended up doing. Uh, I'm not sure if they responded to the other person, but another online activist added Target saying, I think the trans community deserves a response from Target as to why they're selling this book about the transgender epidemic sweeping the country, trigger warning transphobia. And then Target's official account responded, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Uh, We have removed this book from our assortment. You know, and then the reason why this is blowing up is because Abigail Schreier herself is saying Target just made her book disappear. Does it bother anyone that woke activists and spineless corporations now determine what Americans are allowed to to read. I mean, I know, like, of course, there's the debate over Target is a private company, but it just conceptually, I don't like the idea of like a handful of people being able to determine what books we're allowed to read or access at the supermarket. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, this issue comes up often when I'm covering pop culture issues. And right, Target can not sell this book, of course. Um, but we as consumers can choose to not shop at Target then. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, both ways. Oftentimes, um, pushback against cancel culture, or in this case, literal digital book burning or whatever, uh, is met with like, uh, don't like it, don't buy it. Or, or uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Oftentimes when you talk about things like, oh, this movie got woke or whatever, this thing, you know, they're injecting politics into this video game. They'll say, don't like it, don't buy it. Okay. But then these are the same people that will complain that a book is on a shelf. It's the same person, right? Right. They'll complain about a book on a shelf and demand its removal. Well, don't like it, don't buy it. So, I mean, I think uh, it's extraordinarily frustrating that, uh, you know, and by the way, this will be good for Abigail. Um, you know, this is probably going to get her more attention. Yeah. Yeah. This will be good. Uh, I mean, it's a topic of the show, right? Uh, you know, but ultimately it's really pathetic that, uh, you know, the way the conversation around, and I, I tread lightly with trans issues, obviously it may not, it may shock you, but I am not trans. (laughs) And the, uh, the problem is you, you, you can't criticize 
sometimes a trans person's ideas without immediately be calling tr- being called transphobic or you can't you know what i mean like there's this weird right. b- barrier force field around around trans issues that you literally can't touch it or they will ruin your life and i think unfortunately for the trans community this militant um online activist trope person you know there's a couple of them out there they make it harder on the trans community because people see this stuff and they're like i'm out you know what i you know i was willing to live and let live but this is too you know what i mean like you get in people's face you start calling them names you start ruining people's lives you start banning books well now you're going to lose the normie support which is what you really need right and i think recently there was a study that came out and said for the first time in a long time quote like acceptance of the LGBT community had actually backslid a little bit. And I I mean, you know, there there wasn't that many follow-up questions to that survey, but I don't think it's that people are less willing to have a gay friend or a trans friend or hire an LGBT employee, for example. I think it's just that, you know, anytime an LGBT issue is in the news, oftentimes it's these rabid activists who are speaking and trying to label themselves representatives for all of these different like LGBT people. And if, if you know, if that's the impression of that community that people get anytime an issue like that is in the news, I mean, it's it's not a very endearing image if you're always trying well, to yeah. censor and ban. Well, how many, you know, how many, th- this is the, the frustrating thing that I have that I run into because look, you know, you know, there are, um, a thousand totally sane, awesome people in the trans community. And then there's one Jessica Yaniv. Right. And, and like, if, and like, really, if I'm in the trans community, I'd be like disassociating. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, no, yeah. this, well, this person does not represent us. She's insane. But it's people like her that if I'm, I think that whatever, it's people like Jessica that that are bad PR for the trans community. And it's people like this who want to remove books that are bad PR for the trans community too. No, for sure. And I think what is especially frustrating about this whole thing is that I think a lot of the people who are complaining about it may not have even necessarily read it. And I'm sure, you know, being someone who's a public figure on the internet, I'm sure you get this all the time where people say things about you, complain about you when they haven't seen your videos, they don't know your content, they don't know your opinion, they just say whatever. Right. Well, yeah, that's most people that, you know, my, my titles are pretty spicy for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll see it and they're like, oh, you're true. Like uh, I did a video recently about this. Uh, they have like a Black Lives Matter mural in the new Spider-Man video game. Right. So I talk about it. And at the end of the video, I basically like whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal. But then like thousands of people inundate my mentions like, oh, the basement dwelling incels totally triggered. I'm like, no, it's just, I cover a lot of different things. I do five videos a day. I'm really not sweating it. But right, people see the title, they see the thumbnail of life in general. And then then they use that to make a decision. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to be fair to Abigail, I think that's what they're doing to her book here. And actually, so ever since this book was published, it's kind of been a topic of contention in the, in the trans community. And so uh, she actually took to Quillette and she wrote kind of a, an essay explaining her position and how at this time before the whole target thing already activists were coming after her and, you know, um, I guess Silicon Valley, a bunch of platforms were already kind of censoring her stuff. So I'll, I'll let her speak for herself a little bit here, she says about her book, I wrote specifically about the sudden severe spike in transgender identification among adolescent girls. She says, I fully support medical transition for mature adults and I have no desire to be a provocateur. What I aim to do as a journalist is to investigate cultural phenomena. And here was one worth investigating between 2016 and 2017, the number of females seeking gender surgery quadrupled in the United States. Thousands of teen girls across the Western world are not only self-diagnosing with a real dysphoric condition, they likely do not have. In many cases, they are obtaining hormones and surgeries following the most cursory diagnostic process. I think she's absolutely right. I think this is something that's really interesting and it's just, it's frustrating how like you said, we can't talk about it because I think, you know, a lot of these people that Abigail Schreier is specifically writing about, maybe these younger people who are just going from what they see online and self-diagnosing, they're the ones who end up going to be hurt from this if heaven forbid, you know, they do end up feeling differently later. And it's like, I feel like a lot of adults are kind of failing in our responsibility to act as stewards for the younger generation for kind of not standing up for this more. Yeah, I think you end up in a situation 
what's really damaging is you have this, look, trans trenders are real. I mean, mm -hmm. of course they are. So pretending they don't exist doesn't fix anything. And when you have a topic that you're not allowed to discuss without fear, uh, then you end up with problems like this where uh, obviously it's a real conversation. Look, trans people are valid. I support them. But if, if you're not allowed to say like, hey, maybe, maybe an eight-year-old shouldn't be taking hormones, is that, is that the position you want to be in? Like, don't you want yeah. to like also pretend like you care about humankind and, and people making the right, obviously a very big decision. Now it's a small percentage, um, but it doesn't invalidate her point. You know, the, the, the percentage on the, of, of the rise of it is probably twofold. One, more acceptance means more people can feel free to come out. Two, marketing, like literally, it's, it's like marketed as a character trait and right. it's celebrated as a character trait. And so the idea that that wouldn't influence people to, to lean a certain way is, abs uh, is, is like absurd. Like you're kidding yourself if you don't think that, uh, you know, people who are looking to identify who are outcasts or who are having troubles with, who, you know, who struggling with who they really are might attach themselves to something like that. And, having a conversation about that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. And I think especially when we're talking about the the population in question, which is teenage girls, uh, there's been research that has shown, and we've done segments about this previously, that for a lot of these like young, quote, non-binary teenage girls, um, these like identifications happen in clusters. Like it's very common that in a same friend group, you might have, you know, 30, 40, 50% of them identifying and coming out as trans, which kind of leads some credence to the issue that maybe it is it, there's a social aspect to it as well. And if we look at things like bulimia and, um, you know, anorexia, not to say that that's the same thing as, as being trans, but there are other, um, I guess, uh, you know, medical issues that have been seen to kind of spread socially among, yeah, teenage girls. So I, I definitely well, I want at least more research into this. Yeah, you're talking about a, a group who are especially uh, emotionally, especially uh, especially vulnerable. I mean, I have a twin sister. So mm -hmm. when I grew up through high school, you know, she went, I, I was right there for all the things that happened with girls. They, I learned early that girls are like the worst friends. And <laughs> the, the thing is, like, when I was in high school, it's like nobody was, the idea that people were like, it was like the 90s. No, high school, I was probably late 90s. Um, there wasn't that much stigma around being a member of the LGBT. Well, look, you, you, that wasn't even a thing back then. There was like, you, if you came out as gay and you were in high school, no one questioned it because it was not as, as culturally accepted today. As, mm -hmm. as, as like, people weren't faking it for, for attention. Now, I don't know. I, I mean, I would think that given the way that things are marketed, that of course there's some percentage that doesn't invalidate the actual people, you know, the, the real mm -hmm. community, but um, not being able to talk about it is, is uh, stupid and only is only, it only hurts the community. Now though, it is time to tell you all about our awesome sponsor Quip. So there are only two types of people in the world. Those of us who brush and floss every day and those of us who don't, who maybe need to pick up Quip's new refillable floss pick, you know who you are. So you all probably know of Quip by now, the electric toothbrush, but it is their sleek reusable floss pick you'll want to pick up next. The durable handle is easy to guide, restrings with a click and comes with a compact mirror dispensing case for on the go. Plus a single refill pod replaces over 180 single use plastic flossers. So it's better for your teeth and heck it's better for the environment. Not a pick person, Quip also has refillable floss string that expands to clean. You can pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Quip has these simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations with guiding pulses. You can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste, including mint and watermelon. And now you can get amazing rewards for just brushing better every day with the Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush Connect to the free Quip app. You can start 
earning amazing rewards like free products and discounts as you track and coach better oral health habits two minutes twice every day. So if you go to quip.com slash Chen right now, you will get your first refill free. Quip delivers brush, head floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from $5 and shipping is always free. So that is your first refill free at getquip.com slash Chen. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Chen Quip, the better oral health company. Let's move on now. Uh, another issue that is not really the easiest to talk about, but you talk about issues like this quite a lot on your channel, is the issue of representation and diversity in media. Now, I, I don't have any problem with diversity and representation in media, and I know you don't either. Um, but I think there's a difference between, you know, having a story that organically just features, uh, you know, a, a cast of characters from different backgrounds and things like that with, with their own personalities and unique backstories versus trying to ham fist, uh, you know, diversity for the sake of diversity, even when it doesn't make sense and kind of making that the focal point of your TV show, movie, game, whatever, instead of you know, actual storylines and good writings. And there was recently a press release from Viacom CBS that kind of led me at least to believe, I want to hear what you think, that, yeah, diversity for the sake of diversity is exactly what this company is now going for. Because as the press release read, it says CBS sets target for 50% representation of black, indigenous, and people of color across all casts for unscripted series. They also said the network commits a minimum 25% of annual unscripted development budget to projects from creators or producers who are by POC. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. And uh, they also note that, where is it? CBS also set a target for its writers' rooms to be staffed with a minimum of 40% by POC representation beginning with the 2021 to 2022 broadcast television season. Is this a recipe for just amazing television? You're going to get the best. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, you know, just like, you know, uh, affirmative action got you guaranteed the best set of employees, you're gonna have the best set of actors and actresses uh, here too. I, look, I agree with you. Obviously, again, this is one of those topics where if you have a contrarian position, you're just labeled a racist. Uh, of, I mean, like, I don't wanna to go to the, I have a black friend thing <laughs> and I'm not going to, but it's easy to like, you know, like, of course, I like black entertainment. Like, of course, some of my all time favorite shows are like black family, family comedies, Family Matters, Fresh Prince Bel-Air. These are shows that I grew up with and loved. Um, so the idea that I don't, that someone wouldn't want this is absurd. My sticking point is, is simple. It's the same with employment. The idea that two employees, whether they actors or machinists, are exactly the same except for their skin color, and therefore you should hire a particular skin color, is absurd. Um, mm -hmm. No two people are exactly the same. No two people are the exact same best fit. Now, maybe you could argue, all right, are they flipping burgers? Okay, maybe the, you, know, you can lower that down. But as you get like a more skilled position or a more demanding position, no disrespect to burger flippers, everyone's got to start somewhere. But it's just insanity. And the idea that you would start with the destination of saying, well, we got to have 50%, which is by the way, not equal represent. It's an over representation. Right, that's over representation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't understand it. Look, if the show's funny, people will watch it. People aren't going to watch shows just because they're the same skin color. It doesn't work that way. Look at Batwoman historically bad ratings because they ran on the, but she's gay. So everyone will love a gay superhero. Look at all the people on Twitter talking about it. And they lost almost 80% of their audience in just one year. So the media loves to think that people will tune in based on these absurd reasons um, like skin color. They, they think that people are obs as obsessed with it as, as they are, but it doesn't work that way. Uh, look, how I met your mother, Barney Stinson, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, real life gay. No one knew that. He put, at the time, I don't think he was out. I'm not sure. I don't think he was. But yeah, but, I don't think at the. I think toward the later season, yes, but I don't think toward maybe the later, beginning. Yeah. yeah. And he played like an uber male. No one, you know, would you imagine like them saying, "Well, it's only got to be played by a straight person. We need a certain per like they're actors. Their their intrinsic traits. You know what? You know whether sexual what their sexuality is really doesn't matter. And it's whether or not the, the guy on uh, Modern Family, he's the 
the two men, one of them's gay and one of them isn't gay, but you don't really know that watching the show. So what purpose is hiring a specific type of person? How does it improve? I, I, I just, I haven't seen any data that says that. Right. And I think, like, you know, I've seen people kind of advocate for this unendingly and their response is going to be well it's because historically there were so few opportunities and so now we we need that overcorrection because we need to actually you know do more for them to balance things out but i mean if you ask me more discrimination now doesn't cancel out past discrimination and if there's a network or a show or director who's been proven to actually you know be bigoted and say I just don't want to hire you because you're X, Y, or Z. Like, I want to know and I, I don't want to support them anymore, but I don't think going forward the way to be more equitable is to say like, okay, instead of, you know, kind of blacklisting you for this reason, now we're blacklisting you because you're not black enough or not indigenous right. enough. And yeah, I think this is absolutely going to affect the content. And this is from, I mean, CBS. So they've been they've been pretty woke with their programming for a while now. Mm -hmm. Like the the new Star Trek stuff, I think, is them. So I think yep, their, their leadership, yeah, and their leadership clearly hasn't gotten it. Um, but actually, this is, it's not just, I guess, what the people are going to look like who are making the shows. This is definitely going to affect the content because the same press release says, in addition, the studio recently signed an exclusive agreement with 21CP Solutions, a group specializing in police reform efforts in the U.S. to advise its police and legal dramas. So, I mean, it, it's not just going to be like the color of the characters and the writers. Like this is going to be, I think, more woke content, which like I don't think I, I'm not someone who's like, oh, if it's woke, I'm not going to watch it. I, I like to judge based on like if it's entertaining. A lot of the times if it is woke, it's not as entertaining. I, I am. I skip it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we see with like all of these, like, I guess, woke shows. I mean, like Batwoman is one of them. Um, I guess Doctor Who is another one. When you try to pander and yeah. you just forget about content, like like you said, it's not enough. People aren't going to go for it. Yeah, I think if you start out that way, you probably have a better chance, although it didn't work for Batwoman. There are plenty of very progressive shows that are popular. Um, but at the same, it's not just a recipe for success. I think at the end of the day, Batwoman didn't fail because um, Ruby Rose was playing a gay character who had lore backing her being gay. Um, it failed because the writing was terrible and they thought people would just tune in because of that. So you can have like a progressive type show and have it be interesting, but you wonder what it does to quality when you're like literally trying to check boxes. You know, we saw this last year with the Emmys or the Grammys, one of them, where they're like, oh, you got to have, remember they had this list of all this crazy stuff. Like, you know, you got to have a, 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 a minority who has like a second lead, who has X percentage of screen yeah. time. And I think the Oscars going forward stuff. too, they have those requirements. Maybe, yeah, I think maybe I'm thinking of the Oscars, but whatever it yeah. was, it was like, uh, okay, are we, is this, uh, like, are you, are you making movies for awards or are you, are you trying to make good movies? Like, you know, and you can kind of see, you know, there are movies out there that feel like that they were made to try and be and get a, like Oscar an Oscar. Bait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, God, oh, amputee wheelchair, the story of the amputee wheelchair woman who fought for the right to vote in a, in a, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like you just know, okay, fine. Get your stupid award. Yeah. But like there are, and, and there's an audience for that stuff. Uh, but I just think it's, I agree with you that I think it's a very harmful to set these type of quotas um, and you set yourself up to take a subpar actor or a subpar television show because you're trying to uh, uh, achieve that quota. And I, I just don't think that leads to quality entertainment, which is why Hollywood continues to pump out garbage and people continue to tune out and they tune into great shows like Pseudo Intellectual with Lauren Chen. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, but I think like, one of the problems, and I know you talk about this a lot, is it feels like Hollywood is increasingly just making movies and shows for Hollywood. They're in this like bubble of just trying to appeal to the critics and to the award shows and no one else, which is why increasingly we see shows and movies score really well with critics, be like critically acclaimed and, you know, just absolutely bomb with regular audiences, both critically and financially. And I think as For long as they keep... Now. Yeah. And what, what do you think is driving 
the continuation of that because I used to think I honestly did that. Hey, at the end of the day, money is king, and you know businesses aren't going to keep shooting themselves in the foot if it means they lose you money. Would think. I would think, but it seems like they yeah. just keep doing this over and over again. Why don't they learn their lesson? Well, I think that first and foremost, sometimes it must work. It must work sometimes because, like, there's no way that they're this. They hate money this much. Like Oreo comes out with their like rainbow Oreo filling and they put out like this tweet and like, hey, hey, hey. you know, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. But like, I'm guessing that normies see that and they just buy their Oreos. And then there's a couple of people that are like, yeah, Slay Queen, I'm going to go buy some Oreos. But like with, with Hollywood, I'm not sure because we know the money, right? We know that uh, Mulan was an unmitigated disaster. We know that a lot of these films... We know that Ghostbusters 2016 was an unmitigated disaster. We know that Wominator, Dark Fate, was an unmitigated disaster. And 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 there's only Charlie's so Angels. many times. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. I mean, any movie that that one chick who everyone thought used to be funny when she was overweight, now that she's skinny, she's not funny anymore. Um, I forget what her. She was on Mike and Molly. Uh, was, yeah, like yeah. she's box office poison. So like any of these like movies that they keep putting out, you're just like, okay, I see you're losing money. What, what are you doing? And like, you see movies like, um, even a uh, Halloween, like horror films have low budget, but huge returns. And even they're like this year, uh, Ju uh, what's her Jamie Lee Curtis, who's extraordinarily woke. She's like, Oh, it has a lot of, uh, the new Halloween film. Uh, it has a lot of parallels with the black lives ladder matter movement. I'm like, Oh, uh. shut up. Like I probably doesn't, but now I don't want to see the movie. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and you know, then when these movies fail, right. Pardon me while I rant for a moment, then they blame <laughs> us. They're like, uh, excuse me bigot how come you didn't see uh terminator dark fate with uh all woman lead with uh uh big parts about immigration in it oh uh oh you're sexist okay no no maybe i just didn't want to see first of all nobody wanted another terminator movie second of all you spat on the entire history of the terminator franchise that's for a different conversation but third of all no i didn't want to see i wanted to see arnold schwarzenegger be badass i didn't want to see a you know and and shout out to um whoever plays sarah connor she's great um mm -hmm. i can't i can't think what her name is but she's great but they changed the whole thing or it's like oh we have this uh well, you can start, usually look at casting and be like, okay, that was a calculated decision. Um, and then you're like, oh, well, I don't want to see this. And the movie loses $300 million. And they're like, hmm, is it me that's the problem or is it you, the customer? And they just never figure it out. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, we even saw with Charlie's Angels specifically, there are outlets saying, yeah, you know, straight white males, this film isn't for you, being all like, yes, slay queen. And then when it actually did release and straight white males and actually really no one went to see it then they were mad about it it's like you can't yeah. try to market on an existing fan base which is what they're doing by you know rebooting charlie's angels trying another terminator they're trying they're doing this because there's an existing fan base but at the same time totally disrespecting like the canning the writing the fans and like still expecting mm. it to work it just doesn't make sense before we move on well, from this should... segment oh, yeah. though i do want to like this was the craziest i mean all of these complaints about like representation and like this actor isn't really x y like it's all pretty stupid in my opinion but this was a really strange one have you seen the uh the new adaptation of the witches oh god yeah 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 yeah, yeah you mean so that have... you mean that ableist trash yeah uh, like... <laughs> yeah 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 i well, saw it yeah yeah i mean i didn't see the movie i i subscribed to hbo max just for like the uh the free trial because i wanted to watch chelsea handler's new comedy special so i could do a video about it but i didn't end up watching it but we have this from she's the daily awful. wire she's so awful i don't know who get, who keeps giving her money like could i be I that unfunny know. and shrill and unlikable and still make money if i'm I woke like how does that work I, mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I tried to watch her late night show once. I don't even know when it's on, what channel it was on, but I came across it one night and it was so painfully unfunny. Yeah. And yeah. and she had this like uh, sidekick, I think. And it was just so bad. And I, I don't know. And she's awful, awful as a human being. I mean, like, I don't know how you can just like tell black people 
their political opinions are wrong. Get in your lane, darky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know about this. But yeah, yeah. She, she makes it work for her audience, I guess. Uh, so yeah, we have this piece from the Daily Wire. It says, in the latest adaptation of Road Dolls, the witches and Hathaway played the Grand High Witch, wherein she possessed a three-fingered hand instead of the cat claws described in the book. Such a feature was offensive, according to disability activists, and the Academy Award winner actress has apologized for it. In a statement, she said she apologized to those with limb differences for the, quote, pain cause and then of course you have to do the mandatory conclusion where you say you vow to quote do better and mm -hmm. uh with the lucky finn project which i would have assumed that would be an offensive name that uh, sounds offensive name, right like I, I i think that's way worse like calling different hands fins they accepted apparently hathaway's apology on behalf of all differently limbed people so that's... oh wow Th thank you yeah i'm sure yeah, yeah. I'm Rest sure people who can't pick up a freaking can of soup is really, they're really worried about Anne Hathaway's uh, half-assed apology. You know, like <laughs> the, this whole idea of being an online activist is one of the cringest things I've ever seen. Look, there was a time in this, and there still is a small need for activism, but the, the overwhelming supply of these activists is pathetic. And these people are just the worst. And, and the idea that, Hey, I self-appoint myself to speak on behalf of this other group of people, and I will demand and also accept apologies in exchange for clout uh, with my faux outrage. It is absolute insanity uh, for, for people to keep bending the knee. But you know what? Every time Hollywood does it, I'm like, good. That's, that's what you wanted. You asked for that. Good you know, deal with the backlash. Yeah, and I'm someone who, I'm not against apologizing if you actually think you've done something wrong, you feel bad about it. Like, of course, there's, everyone makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. There's no, nothing wrong with admitting it, owning up, and just, you know, try to do better in the future. But I feel like now, there are these online mobs that, like, they smell weakness. And if they see that you're going to bend the knee to them, even when they're being unreasonable, which I feel like they know they are, they're just going to keep coming and coming, right? So it's like, I mean, these celebrities, they're not doing, or these networks, everybody, they're not doing themselves any favors by I think showing like weakness because they're just letting themselves be bullied but like you said like they're making their own beds they can lie in it uh you know if you want to court an audience that's this insufferable it's your deal well your deal. yeah I mean that's I, that's exactly it I mean it's about most okay there are genuine activists out there and I realize I'm a little blackpilled on this but <laughs> like most of these people it's about control there was a story this week in the brand new video game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I don't know if you saw this, but in one of the, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but you'll get it. There was a, a, a bit of dialogue in the game where a woman referred to her face as disfigured from being burned. So it said something like uh -oh. she was apprehensive because, uh, you know, her, um, of her disfigurement. Of course, somebody got offended for differently faced or something, some other absurd like PC term for it. And, Ubisoft apologized and removed the text from the game. Now you're talking about a game that takes place in the Vikings time where Vikings would have thrown you down a well if you were disfigured. You're taught, I mean, and the idea that in 2000, the year in our, of our Lord in 2020, a huge billion dollar video game corporation is going to release a game full of bugs, but make sure like we're going to change this bit of text because it offended one person like this is the kind of stuff that really gets my goat like i can't i i can't could you imagine being the ceo of a company and like some like uh some little peon comes in like i'm actually uh, uh lauren uh somebody's mad about this line of text in our game and you have like a meeting later today with investors and you're worried about your stock price and you're worried about the bugs in the game and you're worried about uh, you know and you're like oh well okay let me just drop everything but that's a priority we can't have someone mad on yeah. twitter unacceptable one random person who probably didn't buy our game mad on twitter let's make sure we respond to it make sure it's a big deal so there's a thousand articles written 
It's insane. And before we go any further, I do want to actually help you all out by telling you about our sponsor, Theragun. So the stress of daily life weighs on us all, especially right now, whether you're an athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That is why I personally use the Theragun. It is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. As someone who is sitting at her computer pretty much all day, every day for work, I get the worst muscle pain in my back area and my neck. And sometimes it actually, it, it's so uncomfortable. It stops me from falling asleep. Usually I would go and get massages, which are not cheap, but I just it was uncomfortable. I had to do something about it. But with Theragun, I can actually ease my muscle tension by myself at home. So it's actually an investment in feeling the best that I can. The all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that is so quiet, you'll wonder if it's even on while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. We all love in my family the Theragun so much so that we fight over who gets to use it. So try the Theragun for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starting at only $199. So go to theragun.com slash right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash Again, theragun.com slash All right, so now this is a equally spicy topic, a totally different theme though. Let's talk about the election, right? Because on your Midwestly channel, you have also been covering some of the updates that have been coming on this this election cycle has been insane. Uh, you know, I was kind of hoping that after like November 2nd or 3rd, I forget what the date was, you know, we'd have some clarity. We could all like kind of take it, take it easy in, in the political sphere for a little bit. No. Whoa, was, whoa, uh, what are you thinking? How oh, dare I dream summer though. child. Oh, do you know what year it is? That's, That's not it. happening. Actually, on the day that we're filming this, it is Friday the 13th in 2020 yes, yes. so i don't know i'm just waiting for something terrible to happen asteroid alien attack i don't even know but uh mm -hmm. yeah let's let's talk about the election a little bit so there's a lot going on right now recounts have been requested in georgia they're doing a full one by hand that also seems to maybe double as a bit of an audit wisconsin i think it's been requested i don't think it's been approved trump has lawsuits going on in like pennsylvania arizona i think nevada as well michigan it's just there's a lot and uh right now project veritas is also uh you know there's a bit of controversy there because they interviewed a whistleblower from the Postal Service who said that he had been ordered and heard people backdating ballots. A bunch of outlets, including the Washington Post, reported that he had recanted a story which Twitter was promoting, even though I thought they were all about fact-checking misinformation now. And, uh, you know, Project Veritas and this whistleblower himself have said, no, I haven't recanted. What are you talking about? So what what's what's happening? What's your take? I've... I, Myself, I didn't, I was very hesitant to say who would or would not win because I'm bad at predictions and I could have seen it going either way. I've gotten a lot of flack though for explaining to people that, and I, I really do think this, I'm not saying Trump will win, but I think, you know, the the efforts he's making to investigate these results, I think the left needs to take them more seriously. Otherwise, I think they might be blindsided if something does change. Well, that would be nice. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, I, 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 I did the yard sign poll in my state and, you know, I thought for sure Trump was going to Wisconsin and my state completely let me down. Now it was like a 30,000 vote difference. Mm -hmm. um, look, I think, um, and, and please uh, fans of the show, don't take this out on Lauren. This is my opinion, my opinion alone. I am, I don't think Trump's going to overturn it. Now, it's very, even saying that on my Midwestly channel, people get really pissed off. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that there isn't fraud or that I, to be clear, I hope he does. <laughs> I hope beyond all hopes that there's going to be this 2.7 million vote thingy throughout there. I hope he's right. But it's like, he, we waited too, look, the Republicans waited too long to get these social media companies under wraps. Yes, they wait I too agree. dang yes. long. And that's Trump's fault and the Republicans. Yes. And look, I voted for Trump and I support Trump, but they waited too damn long and then the election came around and then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we forgot that they're meddling in the election. Too late, it screwed them. Um, they, they, Trump, I think, made a huge tactical error in, in trying to discredit mail-in ballots early 
because there were probably a lot of Republicans that didn't vote that would have voted via mail-in, but because Trump said that they're bogus, maybe they didn't vote. Maybe they didn't go on election day. You know, there are a lot of things, you know, uh, that also were not in his control. Like, could he have handled the, the coof better? Absolutely. Um, was its existence his fault? No, but there are a lot of people that consume mainstream media, in, in, especially independents, um, who then believed it was his fault. That You know how the media was, every death was in, on Trump's shoulders. Um, you know, I look forward to blaming every ongoing death on, on Joe Biden now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Trump keeps losing all these court cases. Um, you know, they're going to have some recounts. Here's what hopefully will happen. They'll audit in Georgia, hopefully also Wisconsin. They'll audit a couple states. And if they don't find anything, then I think he's got to, you know, look at, hey, I've still got, you know, two months in the office. How much earth can I scorch on my way out? <laughs> and, you know, declassify everything. I know he yes. won't. But you know what I mean? Like, if I were Trump, I mean... I'd make sure, and I, and, I'm, I'm, and I said this today, and I'll kick it back to you, but I said, I said, if he does, he'll never, look, he'll never, like, concede officially. He'll say, you know, hey, I got screwed, and maybe he did, but then at the and end I, of that- I just want to add in here, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, I don't think ever conceded officially either. She did call him. She called him at, like, four in the morning that, on election night. Right, because, but if you, if you uh, what you call it, if you- watch her interviews now she still maintains that the presidency was stolen from her yeah now yeah and then she also told joe biden i think she regretted conceding because yeah. now she she told joe biden don't under any circumstances concede and i also think that the left-wing media is a little concerned that trump may find something because now yeah. they're trying to say it's a coup he's doing a coup listen if he finds something and there's millions of votes that were flipped that's a coup it's not yeah. him wanting to investigate it. Um, but no matter what, if he loses, fair or unfair, he should tell everyone, even if he doesn't intend to, he should tell everyone he's going to run again in 2024 just to ruin the next four years for those people. Like no matter yeah. what, he has to say, all right, I'll be back in 2024. Yeah, no, I think I, I love that idea. And what I what I was also saying in like the I think the first video I did about it was that like even if Biden does become president, which obviously I, I hope he doesn't, I'm still hoping for Trump to somehow pull through. You know, the, the way that things are looking now with Republicans having the Senate and, you know, gaining seats in the House, you know, they're. You know, if, if you're worried about some like unmitigated socialist disaster, you just understand like there are checks and balances, you know, things are like things may happen that aren't good, but America will survive. Um, He'll so be the I, lamest duck ever. He'll yeah. be the lamest duck ever. He won't get anything done. There are elements of the Democratic Party that don't like him because remember, he's basically a corporate Democrat, which right. means the squad, the, yeah. they don't yeah. like him. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, Republicans aren't going to work with him. So, you know, I think, right, the silver lining is he's not getting anything done and he will almost certainly be a one-term president. Um, right. Well, I mean, some people think know. not even that. I mean, a lot of people think right. that Kamala, like Kamala, sorry, I, I hear it's apparently racist now to mispronounce that, but uh, Kamala, uh, it, some people are saying like she, he's not even going to last a term. She's going to kind of subvert it. Uh, I saw Yahoo News as soon as he was announced yeah. as being president-elect. Uh, you know, they claim that they did an article about what happens if the president-elect dies. And it's like, wow. Yeah, oh, what a be Wow, you guys, uh, <laughs> that's, that doesn't look good. Um, yeah, so yeah. I know... Yeah, no one go after Jeremy for, you know, not thinking that Trump will be end up being president. That's not a knock I against want Trump. Yeah. I know Paul yeah. Joseph Watson um, seems to have like a similar view. He is not hopeful, obviously prefers Trump, but he's not hopeful that, you know, the system which kind of allowed all this to happen would also be able to, if there was fraud, not only recognize it, but also seek to rectify it. And it's it's right. a long, I think, legal battle ahead. I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens if, you know, these cases do end up at the Supreme court especially with you know amy coney barrett now being there you know she did do work as well as the other justices uh the conservative ones they actually did do work on trump's or not trump uh you know the george bush florida case back mm -hmm. when that happened so i've seen some people say maybe this is trump's 40 chess he knew that this was going to happen and this was his way to kind of safeguard the election but i agree with you i think there 
was a lot that should have been done to actually safeguard the election that Republicans could have done, mm. but they didn't, right? Social media mm. is a huge part of that. And even just like state Republicans, like talking about things like the way to, you know, if you're doing mail-in ballots, how can we make it more secure? And it's just, it, it has been frustrating watching Republicans just kind of, I don't know, n not make the effort to do what they're considering. Yeah, they abandoned Trump did. too. Yeah. You know, uh, allow me to gripe for just one second. A lot of these GOPers, ah, they just abandoned him. And like, it sucks. These, these people were happy to get win their elections and look at how many other Republicans did and how the Republicans are going to do in 2022. That's because of Trump. And these right. wimps abandoned him when, uh, you know, he's uh, again, just like he ran basically alone. All, a lot of these Republicans abandoned him. And it was really slimy. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I know a lot of people will roll their eyes at that. But, you know, win, lose, or draw, like Donald Trump was the funnest president I've ever been around, like I've ever had. You know, like, I look, I, do I agree with everything he didn't know? But, man, what a ride. Like, there was that video I retweeted yesterday where, like, some kid called him on Christmas. And uh, he's, like, talking to the kid. He's like, oh, hey, Mr. President. Oh, so do you still believe in yeah. Santa? You're set. I'm like, dude, he's hilarious unintentionally. Yeah. You know, like Joe Biden is going to be hilarious in a very sad and scary way. Trump was hilarious in like a wacky, like unpredictable uh, yeah. crazy funny way. Uh, Have you seen you know that what? little gif of it's during Halloween and him and Melania are giving out candy to kids and there's this one kid in like this inflatable costume and he just balances chocolate on the top of the kids thing and so does <laughs> Melania and it's just like this I don't know why but I find that so hilarious and weird. Yeah. He was the best and I, I think like you know if I could say anything like I, the man to conclude the thought on Trump the man didn't start any new wars. He brought troops home. This country has never felt safer as an American. The economy, even with the world, everything going on, the economy's good. Yeah, he's crass. Yeah, he, you know, he, he's not presidential. But boy, it was a hell of a ride. Yeah, agreed. And the funny thing is with Biden, I don't necessarily think he's at least currently very presidential either either i mean a lot of the things he says it's not that he's as crass as trump but it just there's not a lot of lucidity which i feel like should be a, a pretty you know big the part word? what's the word i can't uh, do it i i can't I say it either can. i can't i know there's yeah. obatha like obata by care or something like that yeah. uh, there's been some good trishma trishma shumar shamar or something like that yeah. i don't know yeah yeah so i mean whatever the future holds though i definitely hope for the best for the country regardless of who's in charge i hope that the you know most amount of americans out there succeed and that it's all peaceful but i guess we'll we'll wait and see what uh, the rest of the month is going to hold in store because I don't think this is going to be over. over a million mega march this weekend. That's and, true. Uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be fun to watch uh, because the Democrats are already worried about the people, you know, Trump supporters marching on potentially inauguration day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, God, that would be. I mean, just it's going to be great because like Trump supporters love him. Uh, and, and you could have probably said the same thing about the hardcore, like Obama supporters. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, they definitely loved him too. Um, Joe Biden doesn't have any of that. No, but like, that's the thing. Joe Biden, Biden has the lowest enthusiasm, even Biden voters. Like no one really voted for Biden. It's they're voting against Trump as an alternative. And Biden just happens 100%. to be like the placeholder. But that's also why Trump won in 2016. I think yeah. a lot of people voted against Hillary Clinton. Like my wife included you know what i mean like i know she never voted that. before and she's like i don't know about this trump guy but hell no you know what i mean and there's no way she was the only one like that yeah and it's funny because i often wonder like the dnc you know an organization with millions and millions of dollars like uh, tons and tons of talent at their disposal i don't know why they keep pushing forward these kind of unlikable uninspiring candidates and we look at joe biden hillary clinton kamala harris i mean i know for a fact there's She's better so out unlikable. there 
She's so unlikable. Yeah. I mean, oh. with the debate with Mike Pence, I just, I could, I had secondhand embarrassment watching her. I, it was painful. Excuse me, I, I'm talking. I'm talking. Here. <laughs> oh like, my oh. God. Yeah. Say that to like the leader of Iran. See how that goes over. Like, yeah. God, we're going to have like a sassy, a sassy woman as our vice president. I'm sure that's going to go great. Like, it's just, Oh, she's yeah. so unlikable. They could have ran Tulsi. Tulsi is likable, at least. She's inexperienced. And she also had some weird, like, you know, she, like, endorsed or supported Antifa. She had some weird pictures like that. But she's at least likable. There were, I mean, yeah. look at Elizabeth Warren. She is so unlikable, too. Like the, Cory the, the, Booker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What were they thinking? All right, so final story. Let's do this. Amber Heard, Aquaman. I know you have a lot to say about this. Uh, so for people who actually, I think we covered this in our in our logger episode last week. So Johnny Depp, he lost at least for now his libel case against the Sun, the British tabloid, who called him a wife beater. The judge essentially ruled after everything he had seen about Heard and Depp's relationship that he could fairly be called a wife beater and that it wasn't mm -hmm. libel. Uh, Johnny Depp, he said that he is planning to appeal that decision but warner brothers after that they did ask him to step down from his role as a grindelwald in the fantastic beast series now i do want to point out with that ruling they're not saying that amber heard was not also abusive herself because i think there's a lot of evidence that she was it's just that they're saying depp had his at the very least his his part to play in it um so what a lot of people have kind of zeroed in on with this whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing is the hypocrisy of it all. Uh, the way that the media and the entertainment industry treats allegations of abuse against and for men and women very, very differently. And, you know, Amber Heard, after it was announced, uh, you know, that all of these these pieces of evidence of her abuse had been found, uh, you know, her cutting Johnny Depp's finger off, uh, putting cigarettes out on him and things like that. She didn't lose, as far as I'm aware, any, you know, her L'Oreal sponsorship. That's still there. And now after the conclusion of this trial, uh, apparently she is saying that she will very much still be in Aquaman part two, which I think is like her kind of biggest role. We have this from EW quote from her. She says, I'm super excited about the amount of fan love and the amount of fan appreciation that Aquaman has acquired and that it has garnered so much excitement for Aquaman and Mera that it means we'll be coming back. Her tells EW, I'm so excited to film that. And she added that the production hopes to get underway sometime next year. The article does note though that Aquaman two is not officially yet green lit by the studio and its cast is not confirmed. So is it just me or is this a lot of hypocrisy from from Hollywood? Well, there. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, I think that this is a perfect, perfect like mini case of what it's like to be a man who experiences spousal abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, you are guilty uh, until proven innocent. And even then you're still guilty. Uh, I think, first of all, this trial uh, like you said, I think clearly Amber gave as good as she got, at least according to even Sharon Osborne too, yeah. who's also insufferable. But the, uh, the other things we know is that the audio tapes of their mediation are just brutal. Perfect. Like she is a, a certified bitch. She is really mean and like very uh, uh, vindictive. And like you said, manipulative. Oh, Johnny, you're such a baby, blah, blah. I hit you. Yeah. She admitted to hitting him in the tapes. Uh, but what? Nothing. Um, it's really heartbreaking. I mean, if you look at, if you go back to the way Hollywood treats these things and society, which takes their cues from Hollywood, look what happened with Chris Hardwick. That guy almost lost everything because his ex-girlfriend made Bull baloney lies about him. They took him off the Talking Dead show. Nerdist was like separating from him. All this stuff ended up being proven false. And even after it was proven false, there's a bunch of people that walked out on the show because they kept him on instead of firing him. I'm like, what? I mean, can, can we get a shred of evidence before we convict people? Um, you can look at um, that kid from uh, Honest Trailers, um, uh, Andy Signor. Yeah, he cheated on his wife, but that's not a crime. And they, he had one of the most popular YouTube channels at the time in the world canceled. Uh, pro Jared, you know, there's any innumerable cases where women make claims about men. Um, and, and also I want to be clear, Johnny definitely was toxic. I, I don't know if I, if I 
if I believe that he ever raised his hand to her, but I believe he was a bad husband. I believe he was a toxic individual. I believe that they fought. I believe that they both had substance abuse problems. I know he did for sure. And all the videos that I covered, I said, they're both awful. It seems like it was just a mutually toxic relationship. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because Johnny Depp's ex-wives, they actually came to his defense saying he was never violent. And it just it doesn't make sense to me that in a mutual, mutually toxic relationship, one person can be at fault, but not the other person. Well, and more unofficially, too, there was an article written today by uh, Insider titled Fantastic Beasts is just to start Johnny Depp's career is over. And, mm. you know, and. I mean, okay, let's, I mean, he's got 500. By the way, Warner Brothers still had to pay him $10 million uh, for Fantastic Beast 3, and he filmed one scene. He's still got his full salary. Um, he's still got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. He'll be fine. And he still has but, a, a very dedicated fan base, I want to add. There's a lot of support for him online, yeah. at least. Yeah, well, and uh, conversely, there's currently 1.2 million signatures on a uh, Remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2 change.org petition. Mm -hmm. Now, I get it. The meme is these change.org petitions don't do anything, and they don't. But what's going to happen when they start spinning up advertising for Aquaman 2? You're going to have 1.2 million people ready to mobilize on every tweet, on every Facebook post, on every interview with YouTube comments open. There's going to be thousands of comments saying like, oh, he's cool. You're, you're cool with this uh, abusive woman in your movie? Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, it's going to be a PR nightmare, uh, for Warner brothers, which is why I still think they're going to cut Amber Heard. I just think they're going to find a different way to do it. Um, but ultimately she looks awful in this and it's just another perfect example of, uh, you know, if you fire Johnny, then you got to fire Amber. If you're going to tell me that you're firing Johnny because you're worried about bad PR, which is what they said. Mm -hmm. then you got to fire Amber Heard too. And then at least you could say, all right, well, you know, and also, by the way, Disney removed him from Pirates of the Caribbean too, less officially. Right. He'll never right. be in that again, which if you think of one thing, when somebody says Pirates of the Caribbean, you think of Johnny, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to see that movie with Orlando Bloom in it. You know, although they did kind of see that one, but you know what I mean? Like you're not replacing yeah. Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, and it's funny when you think about it, because in terms of star power, Johnny Depp has so much more clout in the industry than someone like Amber Heard. I mean, I think for a while he was right? one of, if not the most highest paid actor. I mean, he had all of these huge series under his belt, but it seems like when it comes down to like the gender me too aspect of it, Amber Heard still has the power in the situation, which is like really, really strange, especially if you look at like the high profile relationships Johnny Depp has had previously and all of the working relationships, still none of that was enough to protect him. And, you know, there there have been a lot of people in this. And I this is something that really frustrates me. Um, they'll say like, well, even if he was being abused, a man never has reason to like hit a woman and it's like i'm not encouraging hitting anybody all i want is the no. equal treatment like the equal yeah. e responsibility and consequences and it's too bad because i think you know johnny depp he still has a lot of i mean he's, he's he, he gets kind of into like those stereotype character roles that are like quirky but i mean i think he still has a lot of more work to give if studios are going to give him the chance well you know even if i mean look mel gibson is getting work again he'll get work again um, yeah. Coincidentally, I want to see that new Mel Gibson movie where he's like, uh, it looks like just totally ridiculous. It's called like Fat Man, where like he's Santa, but he's also yeah. like a contract. On it. it looks so ridiculous that like that's what I need right now in my life. And, um, you know, by the way, underrated Mel Gibson movie is uh, the one where he speaks to a puppet. The Beaver. It's, uh, the or Beaver. Something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. It's very good. Um, so he's getting work again. Johnny Depp will get work again. But you look at, you know, guys like Louis C.K. What did he do? Really? Did he really? Like, you really got to be splitting hairs to call him a monster. Or Aziz Ansari as well. Yeah, Aziz too, right? He come at the top of the tippity top of, a, of his career. Gone. You yeah. can look at bands, Pine Grove. Uh, I really like Pine Grove. They're like a pop indie band. And their lead singer right right before they're going to be just as big as like um 
uh, what's a, I don't know. They were about to get really popular. And then like all of a sudden the lead singer got canceled for hooking up with chicks at his concert. I'm like, what's wrong with this world? That's what, what would you people have done? That's what rock stars do. Yeah. Like what would you people have done during the seventies with Kiss? You know what I mean? Like what, what? And so it's, it's just crazy. And by the way, all those women, I'm sure were totally there against their will. Um, You know, I've been to shows. I see the VIP line. Uh, You know, the thing is like, when is the bigger question? Maybe I'll ask you is, is, is this ever like, I thought we had peaked during me Mm -hmm. too. I thought that was peak absurdity, but it seems like it's just may never be any end to it. Do you think, I mean, do you think this ever stops? I mean, I I think that I like, like you, I thought we had peaked, but I think it's that these same studio execs and these same media people, they're happy to keep going on. But I think with like the change.org petition, I'm not confident that that's going to change anything i agree with you but uh i do think that people like the regular person their tolerance for this that has peaked and that's on the decline they're getting kind of fed up with it so i think you know there's like the insider media who they're going to keep pushing this narrative like oh this person's like let's cancel them but the average everyday person no they're definitely sick of it and i think that's why you know when we have people like dave Chappelle and uh, you know bill burr they've done these specials that really attack that kind of like cancel culture even louis ck he came back with his own thing as well um i think that's going to resonate with regular people so i'm hoping that somewhere out there there's like savvy producers or people who also work in the industry who i uh, see that niche of like all right these you know these untapped artists who have been slandered by these insufferable woke activists like we could actually work with them and continue to produce content and maybe the the media and the rest of hollywood won't like it but there are all these people who actually will and uh, you know i hope like the market gives the incentive for that because i absolutely would be willing to see a johnny depp movie again like i hope he's you know in terms of his own personal problems getting the help that he needs but Mm. it's just like i don't know in that situation i'm not saying either one of them is is innocent but to me, Amber Heard just seemed a lot more vindictive. She seemed awful, uh, you know, yeah. taking pictures of her of her partner passed out who clearly has an addiction problem. Like mm-hmm. imagine they were married very short period of time. I think they also dated very short period of time. In my, like, how long have I been with her? Since high school, I've been with the same woman. I have never once taken a picture of her at like a low moment to hold yeah. and hold Lord over her. Like what kind of person does that stuff or like takes a picture and then like, Ooh, here's a CD from Mick Jagger. Ooh, here's a blunt. Ooh, here's a, a, a drug box. Like what, why are you taking those pictures in the first place? Like, wh- yeah, I mean, it's like you, you're collecting negative evidence against your spouse. Why would you even do that unless you plan to use it? Exactly. It's- exactly. She seems like she was planning this from the start. Um, and it just felt just sleazy. Like he didn't have any of these pictures of her, or maybe he does. We'll find out in the libel suit in Virginia, which I think will go differently. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that that double standard persists and that Johnny Depp will now be unpersoned, at least for some period of time. Although, he'll go to bed on a pile of money and be fine. All right, so I think uh, I've taken up enough of your time. We'll call it a day here. So for anyone who's not yet subscribed to you, they want to follow you, what you're doing, where's the best way to do that? You can look me up on Parlor uh, as uh, under Midwestly or The Quartering, or you could find me on really any video site under those same two names. All right, awesome. And again, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.